Yo, what's going on, everyone? I am Tommy, and that is Gary. Paid in full. Man, it has been a long week for us. I don't know. For all of you guys that do know, we live in Texas. Obviously, if you've been on Twitter or any news, uh, you've seen that we've been going through the great freeze. Yeah, the, the world is ending for those who are, are not in Texas. That's that's what the news is portraying. I know you're getting a bunch of messages from everyone not in uh not in Texas checking up on you thinking thinking that it's just been absolutely horrible and and I'll tell you it has been. Yeah, it's been, it's been a shit show, you know, start to finish. Obviously, you went to school in Kansas so you've dealt with uh the snow, same with Thomas in Montana, so he's dealt with it as well. And obviously in those states like you know, they're prepared, you know, they'll bring out the the plower, the the plowers, or whatever. They get they get the snow off the road, and everything's kind of functional. But for here, it was really just everything was shut down. Yeah, I mean, like you alluded to, uh, in in states further north than uh, Texas, they they know how to handle snow. Um, and, and I mean, really, it, it's not too big of an issue if we just couldn't go out and drive anywhere. I, I think our biggest issue was the fact that there was large stents and periods where we had no power whatsoever. So that was for me just like the the most irritating and really the the thing that that really showed that Texas was not prepared for this whatsoever. Yeah, man, the power would go off for you know an hour and twenty minutes. It'd pop back on for forty. So we'd just be like running around the house cooking, uh, trying to download some stuff to watch when the power. You know, just basically anything you can do with with power versus without. Uh, and then all of a sudden it would just cut off and we'd be back in the darkness. No AC or no heater. Oh yeah, no AC. What's thinking? But uh, yeah, I mean. Luckily, when we were looking for a house, we kind of got into a newer built house, so it retained the heat pretty well. So we weren't, you know, freezing like other people. You know, so it was sad to see that you know some people weren't as lucky as us and actually passed away from the Great Texas Freeze. So yeah, I mean, obviously, the last thing I, I I saw was it was up to thirty people had died. So obviously, uh, you know, we we're pretty fortunate just to be that power for a little bit, and and also. Uh, at nighttime, we were able to keep power, so it's not like we were without it overnight. So I, I think that really helped a lot. And like you said, having a nice newer house. But uh, probably the biggest and most tragic that happened to just us, well, obviously not just us, but uh, uh, a smaller case was we had a pipe burst in my bedroom. So I, I woke up woke up from a nap and was like, why do I hear water? I, you know, I know I have the sink stripping like we're supposed to, but that sounds like a lot bigger than a sink. Next thing I know, half of my bedroom is just covered in water on the floor. So that was very fun to wake up to. Yeah. Texas has this weird thing where like the water cutoff valve is underneath like a underneath a, a, or a crate or whatever under the ground by our mailbox. You need like a specific tool to get into it to just shut off the water. So as the water's just dumping out of Garrett's wall and into his floor, I'm over there with towels trying to keep it dry. I'm filling up the bathtub because I know at this point we're going to be without water for what is now going to be practically a week. I don't week. want to talk about it. <laughs> we, so, don't, we don't know exactly when we're getting water yeah. back. It's going to be probably at least a week. So, yeah, it's been, it's been tough. Obviously, no bathroom, really. We've been having to, you know, use the outsides and, and borrow water where we can. And then, obviously, no showers. And Thomas is still having to basically work uh, through this all. So, it's probably worse for him. You know, he really can't shower before he heads out to work. Yeah, I want to shout out uh, Manuel, uh, our next door neighbor. I know he'll never hear this, but I, I want to shout him out. He he was out there. It was it was right before, uh, right about at sunset. Luckily, it wasn't snowing or anything, but he's trying to help me first find the uh, cover because with, with all the snow, I couldn't find exactly where it was. And then we're trying to get it out with tools and whatnot. He called a neighbor, finally got it open, got it turned off. So yeah, it was like probably thirty minutes of us just trying to get it open. And like Tom, I said the whole time, water is just pouring out. So it was a uh, 
it was an experience, man. I, I really feel like we've gone through the ringer in, in just the four or five months that we've been here between that hot water heater going out. It's uh, it's been it's been fun being homeowners or, or renters for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. It comes with a lot of responsibilities that I don't think we were really expecting. Uh, and I feel like the typical, you know, year of time, you're probably not going to experience some of the stuff we've already had to. But it is what it is. You know, make the most of it. Uh, so that's kind of our excuse for uh, missing the podcast last week because that was basically the start of the Great Texas Freeze. So. Yeah, and we'll definitely have to keep you updated when we get water. Luckily for all you guys listening, you don't have to smell how ripe we are here. Uh, but yeah, why don't we jump in with some NBA hoops from from the last week or so? Uh, I, I hate having this to you, Tom. I, I know that we kind of ended the pod two weeks ago talking about the Kings. They were looking great. Uh, you know, next game after our, our last pod, they were one game above five hundred. Uh, you know, I'm just going to let you talk about it as best as you can. I'm, I'm here for you if, if you need any help. Yeah, I mean, so two <laughs> weeks ago in our last pod, I was riding the highest of all high horses. I was probably the most excited I've been for Sacramento Kings basketball. Uh, and since then, we have now lost seven straight games. Uh, I'm not going to say I jinxed us or whatever, but seven straight since uh, last Sunday. Um, you know, there's there's been a, a few reasons why. Obviously, Deer and Fox has missed some time. Harrison Barnes, Marvin Bagley, Rashawn Holmes. Uh, and that's just, you know. The main guys that have missed some time, uh, doing, missed some time due to being dinged up. Um, you know, it's it's hard. It's hard when you have so such like momentum as we did, and then De'Aaron Fox bumps knees in practice. He has to miss a game, and you know that kind of throws us in, into a whole, you know, spiral for the most part. Yeah, I, I definitely feel like you know what we're talking about. How Fox has really elevated his game, and the team had kind of gone up along with him. Um, that when you lose him, even though it's just for a game, kind of throws things out of the loop. Obviously, the Kings have have dealt with Marvin being in and out, so I think they find ways of coping. But then, when you lose a guy like Holmes, you know you lose two of your your uh, pretty substantial big men, and then you lose Harrison Barnes. Although he's been kind of up and down when he is up, he is pretty hard to replace with the Kings roster. So you know, my my big question for you is is what do they do moving forward? Do, is it is it too early to say it's time to tank? You know, what what is what does the next month look like for the Kings? What do they try and do? Well, I mean, these last seven games were, were extremely rough. And I mean, before we move on, I kind of want to talk about why, you know, it was that way, in my opinion. Uh, I think obviously, like we just discussed, injuries played a big part as far as, you know, getting a good rotation. I think that's the next thing is the rotation. Luke Walton's rotation, in my opinion, has been pretty horrendous as far as who he decides to start. And also, I feel like he's been going a little too deep into the bench. I obviously know that when you're missing starters, there's a lot of minutes that you need to kind of give out. But uh, we, we've got a couple of guys that definitely, you know, could take on a, a heavier load of minutes. Instead, he's really tried to go deep. I've seen him playing eight, nine, ten guys, which to me is just too much. So who in particular do you think is, is not getting many minutes as, as they should be? Well, Daquan Jeffries, you know, he's back uh, and he's, he's a super solid player. I'd like to see him kind of be getting all of Corey Joe's minutes. Uh, it was actually nice to see Nemanja Bielitsa out there. Um, I, I'm a Nemanja Bielitsa fan, uh, and also kind of getting him some minutes definitely showcased that he can still absolutely get buckets in the NBA. So I think that kind of raised his uh, his price uh, moving forward when we try to deal him before the deadline. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm I'm a Bielitsa fan just for the aspect as I'm trying to get his value as high as possible because uh, you know I I'm like many like you definitely think that they're going to move him uh, so. You know, go be Elitza. I want to see him dropping 40-point triple-doubles. Obviously, I don't really think he has it in him, but, you know, I want to see him getting buckets and, and raising his value for the Kings to get something in return. 
And the one thing I kind of want to talk about specifically is I know last podcast I was screaming about De'Aaron Fox being a superstar. I'm not going to say I said it a little too soon because I 100% believe in De'Aaron Fox, but, man, he he's really taken a back seat these last seven games uh, since he missed a game with the banged-up knee. Um, you know, it's, it's clear we're, we're falling right now, and we really need someone to turn that around. And De'Aaron Fox is the talent and has the talent to do so, but he's really struggled to do it. I'm not sure kind of what's going on. If it's a mental thing, maybe he's a little still banged up. I'm not sure what exactly it is, but I still believe Darren Fox is a superstar. But I, as my superstar on the Kings, I expect, you know, three, five, eight times more than what he's been giving us in these last uh, seven games. Eight times more. That's a lot of times. Yeah, he just he's <laughs> just been non-existent out on the court. So that's, you know, when, when he's your guy, like you need him to be the biggest player in every single game. And he's really he's just been, you know, ghosting by. Yeah, I agree, especially with how many guys are out. You know, it'd be one thing if everyone's out. You have Barnes when he's on his high of highs. When you got Buddy Buckets, when you've got Starvin Marvin eating everything up down low, that it's okay that Fox, you know, isn't doing as much. But with just how depleted they are injuries, I would expect him to be performing even higher because, you know, someone's got to score the points. Someone's got to do the work on offense. Um, that it is is quite surprising that he hasn't been able to kind of pick up some of the slack from all the guys missing time. Yeah, and, and this skid by him and the Sacramento Kings definitely will hurt any chance that he had at making an all-star appearance uh, this season. Uh, I think it was already going to be kind of a stretch just for how stacked the West is, especially with guards. But it definitely could have happened. Uh, I think at this point it's safe to say that it's probably out of the question this year, but that doesn't mean that it's not you know a possibility and then moving forward as well. I think the biggest thing is is now to focus on. Obviously, we were right there in that seven spot when we were twelve and one. Now we're twelve and eighteen. I, I'm curious to see if Monty's going to be more of a buyer or a seller with the trade deadline approaching. I think that's kind of the biggest focus now. Obviously, you know, amidst the skid, uh, we said it came out that we were not looking to trade Harrison Barnes, which I'm okay with. But at this point, like, is this now a tank season? I think that's the questions that they got to be looking at. And realistically, you got to be looking at Deer and Fox because he signs this, you know max deal with us so we don't want to be wasting these seasons we want to get him in the playoffs we want him to remember what winning feels like and that's how you kind of attract you know some other guys to sacramento so i'm not trying to tank uh i would love to be buyers as well as sellers uh try and make this team a little better try and make a couple changes that can maybe change the momentum around uh change the style and, and kind of get back to winning because you know with De'Aaron fox you can win basketball games no doubt no doubt so i got a question for you if the Kings are selling some assets, uh, you know, I, I think we're both on, on the same page of probably shipping Beale to uh, if they ship a guy maybe like Barnes. Are you shipping for young players or would you want to ship them for picks? Like what would you want to get in return? Maybe not specific guys, but like the type of, of thing you're looking for. I mean, you're asking for. I mean, youth is extremely important. Uh to build around De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. So I think you definitely look for, for young guys, but you don't want somebody who isn't proving himself a little bit. You don't want to, you know, take gambles like you're drafting right now, but yeah, picks as well. If you could get a solid, a couple solid role players as well, they don't, you know, they don't need to fit the timeline perfectly. Obviously you need vets on your team. You can't have a bunch of 21, 23 year olds running around running a team. So, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of down for whatever. I just think a switch up at this point, a change up in the roster is definitely needed. Uh, and the rotation definitely needs to be fixed. If there's one guy you had your eyes on that's been talked about in some trade rumors, maybe not to the Kings right now, but just that some teams are looking to move, who would be one guy you'd want to end up on the Kings roster by yeah. the end of the trade deadline? I mean, I'd love to take a look at John Collins. I understand he plays power forward, pretty stacked at the power forward center position, but somebody who can really come in and make a difference every game, consistency is kind of key. Uh, so, yeah, John Collins out of Atlanta would definitely be something I'd uh, you know take a look at.
So if if they were to do that John Collins move, does that kind of you know show the changing of guard that maybe they're moving away from Bagley, or or do you think hypothetically if the Kings did get John Collins, you could still have Bagley out there as well? Yeah, you can still have Bagley. Um, I don't I don't know what the Atlanta Hawks would want in return. I feel like maybe the package might be surrounded around Marvin Bagley, and at that point, I'm not sure if I want to do it quite yet. Uh, to me, it might be you know you're taking a step away from Rashawn Holmes. You're taking a step away from uh, Hassan Whiteside. Both guys only have one uh, year left on their deals, so I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, I believe the trade deadline is towards the end of March at this point because I know it's like three weeks after the All Star break and the All Star breaks early next month. So we've got some time to figure it out. Uh, hopefully by then we can kind of decide if we're going to be winning games or losing games. Fair enough, fair enough. We'll definitely have to key and keep an eye out on that and keep you guys informed with, with our opinions and what's going on. Yeah, so we're 30 games into the season, or at least most teams are, obviously, with the postponement. Some of them not at 30, some a couple over. But, you know, what team's performance record is the most shocking to you, and why would you why would you go with them? Oh, boy. So shocking. You can really go in two directions. You can either go some team who you thought were going to perform better and haven't, or you can go with all the team who has performed better than you expected. And I'm going to go that route, and I'm going to pick the Jazz. They got the best record in the NBA. They got the best plus minus in the NBA. Um, and then obviously, you know, if you look back towards the bubble, they didn't have Boyan. Um, and I think, you know, them getting him back for this season definitely adds a piece that elevated them from their uh, heartbreaking loss in the playoffs last year to, you know, the number one team in the NBA and definitely a serious contender to make it out of the West. So that's who I got to go with. What about you, my man? Yeah, I like the Jazz. The Jazz have definitely uh, overperformed, I feel like, with what a lot of people were expecting coming into this year. Uh, for me, <clears throat> I'm going to go the same route as far as, a, you know, a good surprise. I'm going to go with the Phoenix Suns, man. Uh, I mean, obviously, people were high on them getting Chris Paul. And, you know, every single time Chris Paul goes to a team, you're like, okay, what can Chris Paul really do? Like, man's, what, 36 now? Like, But time and time again, he proves that just his presence uh, on the court uh, pays dividends. Obviously, you got Devin Booker, who's continuing to evolve his game. But without Chris Paul, this team is not where they're at. I believe they're sitting at 19 and 10 right now. Um, yeah, I mean, it's got to be the Suns. They're, they're looking like a, a very, very solid playoff team uh, 30 games into the season. So I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Who would be one team that you have been disappointed in thus far? I mean, you got to go with the Miami Heat. I believe they're sitting at 13 and 17. Uh, you know, they're definitely not in the playoffs right now. You got to remember, they were just in the, the finals against the Lakers. Uh, they did just beat the Lakers the other night, but yeah, they're they're definitely probably my my shocker as far as uh, disappointment thus far into the season. I like the take, and I definitely agree. Uh, this is a really big step down for the Heat, being as far as they went, almost winning the finals. Or not not almost winning the finals, but being in the finals and it being a, a really competitive series with the Lakers. Yeah, so we got a segment for you guys. I know I know we don't break them off into segments uh, often, but we have a segment for you guys. It's going to be contender or pretender. We're going to go over some of the top teams in the league, and Garrett and I are going to you know discuss their strengths, their weaknesses, and whether or not we believe they're true uh, title contenders. All right, why don't we start it off? This is a team you didn't mention, went up against the Heat the other night. How about the Los Angeles Lakers? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a gimme, but it, it comes on the health of Anthony Davis. Uh, he did hurt his calf. He was grabbing at his Achilles. It was very similar to the KD incident a couple years ago when he was in Golden State. Uh, he had ice on his Achilles, and they were saying calf strain, calf strain. He comes back, and there you go. There goes his Achilles. So I think they definitely need to take their time with Anthony Davis. Don't rush him back. You don't need him to get into the playoffs. You got LeBron. You got, you know, a very solid team around him. Um, so I think it's definitely going to, you know, premise on Anthony Davis's help or his health. But Kyle Kuzma is a guy who's looked great as of late in the last five games. He's averaging 17 points a game. So they've got the pieces. I'm not worried about it, but they need to take their time with Anthony Davis. They are 100% title contenders. Oh, I agree. I mean, obviously, any, any team that LeBron's on is instantly a title contender. Um 
obviously is a little bit worrying with Anthony Davis, but I mean, shoot, even if the Lakers sat him out for a you know month and a half, two months, even if it wasn't that severe, and, and the Lakers come in at you know a four seed because they they don't have Davis, or even a five seed, you know, you're still not worried at all. You you see them being you know running through through the West and the Western Conference, so I'm really not worried at all about that. Um, as long as it's not something more severe and he reaggravates it. So I agree. I, I want them to take their time with Davis because really losing him for a season is really going to be the one thing that's going to kill him. So uh, like like what I've seen from Kuzma, like you said, 17 points per game through the last five. Um, I, I'm sure it's nice to see Kuzma kind of picking up his stride here um, moving forward. I I, uh, I think he's going to be a big, big part in them winning another championship this year. I just want to shout out LeBron for uh... – telling everybody that Talon Horton Tucker was going to be an unbelievable player in the league. I just sold a Talon Horton Tucker rookie card for 325 bucks on the eBay. So bah, 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 bah. big W there. So let's go ahead and hop into the, uh, the next team, the Brooklyn Nets. Um, obviously the trio of, of KD Kyrie and uh, James Harden. For me, I think that's, you know, an easy guaranteed contender. When no you doubt. have, when you have that firepower, uh, I think it's basically impossible to say that they can't contend for a title. Yeah, obviously we haven't seen the three of them playing together as much uh, with kind of a, a round robin of who's been out. Katie's definitely missed the most amount of time with the COVID issues, and then it was uh, his hamstring, I, I believe. So we really haven't got to see them gel well together, but, I mean, we know they can do absolute contenders. Um, you know, if they're not – if they're not in the finals for them, it's definitely a bust. And probably if they're not winning the finals for them, it's a bust. So I definitely agree, 100% contenders. So the next team we got, controversial one, the Milwaukee Bucks. Okay, I'm going to let you start with this one. Where do you see the Bucks at? So I'm going to ask, so when we say contenders, are we saying we're saying championship contenders? Yes, can, can they win a title this year, realistically? Okay. Can they win a title? Yes. But I'm going to say pretenders only because, I, you know – I don't even know if they're going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. That's my thought. So if, you, if, if I'm sure going to say you're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, I, I can't call you a, a contender. Um, I just think the, the East has gotten quite a bit better at the top. Um, and I just see with, with the way they play basketball, it's just not enough to get them over the likes of, you know, like we just mentioned, the Nets, Philly, Boston. I think those are going to be some teams that are giving them some issues. So I'm going to go with pretenders for the Bucks, what about you, my man? Yeah, I mean, I actually agree on this one. Uh, I just watched the Bucks play, obviously play the Kings, and I, the Bucks are just so boring to watch, man. And and if I'm being honest, the Giannis will not win a championship until he can find a jumper. And without a jumper, there's no way that he can be the best player on a championship team. Giannis is actually embarrassing, bro. Like he does the same thing over and over again, and it works because he's seven foot ten and. A big guy, and he's got a okay, good frame, and he could dribble. Yeah, seven foot ten, and he, he could dribble the ball, and you know he could score the basketball. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna take any play. He's very dominant inside, but he he only does the same thing over and over and over again. And he, they will not win a championship if that's all he can do. So until he can get a jump shot, Giannis will not win a championship. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, you know, Shaq made, made a living his whole career at being really, really great at doing one thing, but then you can argue, you know, he had Kobe, he had another. Uh, equally his deadly counterpart on, on the total other end of the offensive spectrum and then what he had with D-Wade. So, so I agree. He's obviously phenomenal at what he does, but I, I definitely agree he's not well-rounded enough to lead a team by himself to to a finals. Yeah, and then you go back to, you know, the Kobe and Shaq era and 
in my opinion, obviously, I think the league was was at a, a height then. I think the talent-wise, they were at a height. But talent continues to grow and grow. I know a lot of the old heads don't like to hear that. But the players today, if you throw them 10, 20, 30 years back, I mean, they're all-star level players, even just some of the kind of like the mid guys today. So the talent's a little bit different, a lot more competitive as far as skill goes. So uh, where Shaq might have been able to get through it uh, 10, 20 years ago, Giannis is not going to be able to do the same uh, with where he's at right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, why don't we move on? Stay in the East. What about Philly? Yeah, I mean, they got the MVP candidate, Joel Embiid. Absolutely. Whoa, big man for MVP. He, he's definitely probably the top candidate right now. The biggest thing is, is he worried about getting the MVP? Because right now it seems to me that he's a little bit worried about playing time. He's not taking the typical rest that he usually would. So I feel like it's kind of important to him. And, and at that point, if you're choosing MVP over health moving into the postseason, I'm going to think you're being a, a little bit of a pretender. But if they can figure it out, uh, they definitely have the talent uh, to absolutely be a title contender this season. Yeah, and another guy we've given some slack to uh, is is Ben Simmons. We, we've definitely had some some not so nice good it's not so nice things to say about the way he's been playing. And I, I think you might have been listening to the podcast. Another thing like Toby when we were talking about him not playing well, uh, Simmons went off for forty two against the Jazz. Uh, you know, obviously we don't expect him to drop forty two every night, but but can he keep up this high level offense that he's had in previous seasons? Yeah, I mean. Joel Embiid was inactive that game, so I feel like Ben kind of took it under his, his wing and under his power that he needed to get buckets. I would love to see him be more aggressive like that, even with Joel Embiid in the lineup. I know Joel can clog the lane a little bit, and Ben Simmons is a guy who needs to be playing in the lane. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely think we could see more from Ben Simmons. I think he just needs to be a little bit more aggressive. And then, like you noticed, the, or like you said, Tobias Harris, I mean, he's playing at an all-star level. I think really they have three all-stars this season. Um, and if he can keep it up, then I think this team is definitely uh, in contention for a title. I agree. I like to take if, – if this is the Ben Simmons we're going to get, uh, I, I see them being being a contender for sure. So the next team let's look at are the Boston Celtics. I believe they're sitting at 15 and 15, 500. Do you think that, you know, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown can really elevate their game and, and kind of put them into contention for uh, a title this year? Elevate their game more? Oh, boy. I mean, obviously, I, I think they have small areas that, that they can still grow and get better at. But, you know, what I think we're seeing from Jason Tatum is is all-star level, no doubt, superstar level. Jalen Brown, obviously, you and I both agree that he's really, really slept on. For me, I, I think it's going to be some of some of these other guys that they're going to need to have elevate their game. Guy like Kimba, uh, you know, what, what's he going to do? How's he going to be able to add to Boston, obviously? Uh, some trade rumors, you know, when we were, like we mentioned, watching the Boston versus Kings game, they were talking about wanting to try and get Harrison Barnes. So I think it's going to have to come from someone other than JT and JB to elevate them. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think they're going to need another piece if they want to be true contenders. At the moment, they are pretenders in my eyes. Uh, I don't know if Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown can really put the team on their back and carry them all the way to a to a title. So they're definitely going to need to add a couple more pieces, maybe one if it's a solid one. But right now, I would say they are pretenders. We'll move on to a team. I think it'll be pretty obvious, my answer. But let me ask your thoughts on the Utah Jazz. I'm going to be honest, man. I, I like this team. They're a very complete team, top to bottom. Uh, have a lot of talent. But, again, I don't think they have that true, true superstar. Obviously, Donovan Mitchell in the bubble was you know, putting up absurd numbers. I know they're the number one team in the league right now. I think they're pretenders. When you look at these other teams, like the Lakers and the, and the Nets, I, I just don't see them – in that same sphere as far as postseason goes. You get postseason LeBron, you get postseason superstars. It's a different ballgame. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think Utah is a pretender this year. 
All right, all right. I'm going to definitely go with contenders. I think they have one of the best team defenses in the NBA. I mean, and as we saw in the bubble, there were some really low, you know, 86, 88-point games. Uh, and I think as a team as well-rounded as them, uh, you know, has the ability to give a team like Lakers, Clippers, you know, a, a run for their money. And I think it might come down to like a game seven to to get into the NBA finals. So I got them right now staying as contenders. Yeah, I mean, I hear you. Utah's definitely, like like we alluded to, they have the best record. Top to bottom, they're an extremely complete team. But it's a superstar league, man. I mean, when was the last time you've seen a team win a, a championship without multiple superstars? Like, it just doesn't happen anymore. And as much as you could like Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, they don't have superstar p- power. So I, I could see them definitely making a run in the playoffs. But as far as winning a title, I just Donovan Mitchell's going to have to take that leap, and I don't know if he's there quite yet. All right, all right. What about the Los Angeles Clippers? I mean, they got the superstar power. Paul George is, you know, back from his injury tonight. Uh, played really well. But he's 36, or 36 points in limited time. Uh, Kawhi Leonard's Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I kind of want to talk about Kawhi a little bit, but we'll save that for a different podcast. I, I'm, I'm really unsure if he's really as superstar as people hold Kawhi. Not but, the fun guy. You know, they they definitely have star talent. Uh, I would definitely say they're a contender. Uh, I know kind of everybody's lingering on to last year in the bubble and, and kind of how they crumbled. Uh, I think Lou Williams is a very important piece for them. I need, I think he needs to figure it out. But I would definitely say the Clippers are contenders just solely based off of, you know, Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah, it, I agree. Top to bottom with everything that you're saying, when you get two big superstars like that, you're automatically in contention. Obviously, they, they need some of their side pieces, uh, I'll say, to, to elevate their game uh, when it comes postseason time. But I agree, contenders 100%. Yeah, so the next team, we got the Portland Trailblazers. Um, I know they made some offseason moves. They brought in Rocco. Uh, people are really high on them, Derek Jones Jr. Um, obviously, right now, they're missing CJ McCollum, so it's kind of tough. They're just trying to hang on right now until they can get him back. Uh, you know, Damian Lillard's been my favorite player since probably 2014, I want to say, maybe 13. Basically, his rookie season, he became my favorite player. So I love Dame. I want to see him get a ring. Uh, on this current team, the Portland Trailblazers are pretenders. Hey, I agree. The whole time you're talking about trying to get Dame Dalla a, a ring on this team, I'm shaking my head no because it's just unfortunate. I, you know, it's it's not going to happen. Uh, I 100% agree, pretenders. Uh, but you know, I really do like this Portland team. I love Dame, I love CJ. So you know, I wish them the best moving forward. But pretenders for sure. And their window's still open. They'll, they'll have they could have a time. Dame will have a time. He could even maybe bring it to Portland. So I'm not going to count them out completely. Uh, in his time in Portland, but right now it is not his window uh, with this team at, at this moment. So, all right, another team I got for you: the Denver Nuggets, pretenders. Um, Jokic, another MVP candidate, but this team—you know—Jokic is the motor of the team. But if they want to take it to another gear, it's Jamal Murray. And like same with Donovan Mitchell, we saw him explode in the bubble. Uh, but it's just too much inconsistency. He's not at that superstar level. I think if he can get there, they can definitely uh, move into a contender spot. But this team's kind of, to me, is a similar to the Utah Jazz, to be honest. You know, they got MPJ. They got uh, Will Barton. They got Gary Harris. They got a really complete team, and they play really well when they're playing as a unit. But I just don't know if they have the superpower right now to uh, propel them into a title. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I think some of the bubble numbers, as you know, a lot of the NBA players were saying, were, were kind of uh, not a not a great representation of, of what some of these guys would typically do. I think Jamal Murray is a prime example of that, of what he's shown throughout the season, definitely not being uh, the same guy he was in the bubble. 
Uh, and I think some of that has led to to a hype going into the season of what Denver can be, you know, and, and all that they overcame in the bubble. But I agree 100%. They are pretenders. You know, do, do I see him being, you know, a top four, maybe top five team in the West, you know, getting into to the second round and running into the Clippers or running into the Lakers and getting bounced? That You know, that's probably where I see them being. So pretenders 100%. And the final team we're going to look at are the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, obviously, last season, they looked great. They took the Clippers to game seven, and they took them out, I believe. It was a Denver that took the seven. Either way, they Luka Donish took over in the playoffs in the bubble. Um, uh, they got to buy. They have to buy heavy before the deadline if, if they want to be a contender because right now they're pretenders. They don't have enough talent, uh, even behind Luka. I'm not a huge Kristaps fan. I don't think he puts them anywhere. Uh if they want to be contenders, like I said, they're going to need to buy heavy at the trade deadline. Right now, they're definitely pretenders, though. Yeah, I agree. Um, obviously, with Chris Stapps, with his injury, you know, it, it typically takes a full season. Uh, and then after that, you can really start to see where you're at. And, and I just don't think he is what they thought he was going to be. Um, you know, for the, for the most part, I, I like um, Luca's game, but he definitely doesn't have enough. Dallas is definitely going to make some moves if they're going to move from pretenders to contenders. Yeah, so just, you know, an off topic after we just talked about those teams. Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw, but Isaiah Thomas has been playing with Team USA in these exhibition games. They are 6-0. and Do you think we can see a return of Isaiah Thomas uh, into the NBA this season? Part of me, part of me says yes, uh, but it's, it's you know, it, it's kind of like yes, but at what, what role is he going to have? Is he fine? You know, obviously he's not a starter in the NBA. Is he – your your second guard is he is he your third guard who's getting maybe eight or ten minutes is he a guy who's going to be on maybe a younger team and, and fill a role like Vince Carter towards the end to be more of a, a playing coach you know it, it kind of depends on what he wants to do um, so I think that's going to be a big thing is kind of you know who's willing to go for him and what role they want to see from him yeah I mean in my opinion he's someone that comes off a bench gets buckets obviously can't defend at, at the highest level. But just an energy guy. Is that, a, is that a short joke? No, that's not. Just <laughs> an energy guy that can come in and get buckets. You know, Jamal Crawford, Bobby Jackson type guy who, you know, can come in and give you 15 points off the bench. <laughs> but I, I would love to see him back in. I mean, some some teams I'd like to see him with, I'd love to see him come back to Boston. I think they could use him off the bench and a, a nice explosive uh, guard off the bench. Uh, the Clippers, Dallas, obviously they need to buy. That could be an option for them off the bench. And uh, Sacramento, uh, anything to get rid of Corey Joe and Corey Joe's minutes. So <laughs> I, I would love, to, I would love to see him kind of return to a place where he was successful. Boston, Sac. Um, so I, I definitely think that either of those spots uh, could definitely work for Isaiah Thomas. I'd love to see him get one more shot in the league. All right, we're gonna go with another segment. This one's gonna be just quick for you, Tom. Uh, I'm going to read off some names for you, and I want you to tell me if they're staying put or if they're packing their bags and leaving. All right, let's get it. All right, first one, Boogie, DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, he's out. Reports are, reports are saying that they're going to uh, part ways. He's going to part ways with Houston. It's mutual. Uh, basically, all the execs said that he was super professional his entire time in Houston. It's, it's looking like he's turning a page. Obviously, after his Achilles injury, he isn't looking like the same player. But I think depending on where he fits in, he can definitely be a, a big player to one of these contender teams. Uh, I, I think Los Angeles Lakers are probably the top to pull him in. I could also see the Dallas Mavericks, but, you know, he did spend time with the Lakers. It did just come out that he was actually going to accept the ring with the Lakers, and that, that could be foretelling. But, yeah, I mean, I de he's definitely out of uh, Houston. I could see him staying in Texas, going to the Mavericks, uh, Brooklyn, or the Los Angeles Lakers. 
All right, all right. Number two for you, another big man, Andre Drummond. That's another guy. That one's tough because his contract's pretty big. So that's if he is going to take, uh, if he is going to leave Cleveland, it's going to be on a buyout, and that's a hefty buyout. Uh, if he does get a buyout, then obviously he can sign for for a very small amount and go to one of these contenders. So I think that's really just the most important thing. I don't see a ton of trade value for Andre Drummond, but if he is able to get a buyout, I think um, the Brooklyn Nets is, is probably his best fit. All right, all right. Number three for you, Blake Griffin. Love Blake. I don't think his time's up. I know I know you think his time's up. I think he just needs a change of scenery. I'd love to see Blake get out of uh, Detroit. I know they mentioned that he's not going to be playing until a deal can be made, so I definitely want to see him out of there. Um, yeah, get, get him maybe not, on a, not, maybe not on a contender, but get him on a solid team, give him a role, and, and see what he can do for the rest of his career. All right, all right. How about Rajon Rondo? Uh, no, I, I think he stays with Atlanta. Uh, I think Atlanta's going to turn it around this season. I think he's going to be a very important piece off the bench for them. Uh, I don't know if there is, if are there if there's rumors around Rajon, but I, I definitely think he stays in Atlanta. All right. What about George Hill? Where is George Hill even at? Uh, is, is he on the Bucks? No, I thought he was on. Uh, I thought he was on the Thunder. Oh, he is on the Thunder. Eh, Fuck George Hill. I don't, I don't give a, I don't give a <laughs> fuck with George Hill. Uh, I'm trying to throw you a couple of curveballs in this list. I yeah, made. I'm seeing I'm seeing that you spell every single one of their names wrong, too. Is that on purpose? Andrea Drummond, uh, Rajan Narando, Jorge Hill. Like, I don't I don't know what's going on over here. <laughs> the last one, D. Rose. I mean, do you even pay attention? They, already, they traded D. Rose. He's on the New York Knicks now. He's back with Tom Thibodeau on the New York Knicks. I don't know where you've been, but he's back with the Knicks. He is. He is. And, Dude, uh, without this power, it's been hard to keep up. You know, you know, we didn't have internet a lot of the time. That's fair. Yeah, but he's back with Tom Thibodeau in New York. Obviously, the Knicks are hopeful that they're going to get into the playoffs this season. I think it's possible. Uh, Derrick Rose off the bench for them is going to be a big piece. But yeah, I, I love Derrick Rose back in New York with Tom Thibodeau. I, I love D. Rose. I'd love to see him. Uh, continue and be uh, successful i like it i like it so yeah that's all we have for you guys today we appreciate everyone who tuned in uh we're sorry for missing a week it, it was definitely not planned but definitely not we just got to go with what we got uh so yeah thanks everybody um and until next time one love peace